Are you ready to become toxic person proof? Hey guys, Sarah K. Ramsey here to help you find love and success after a toxic relationship so you can design a life you're actually excited about living. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah K. And I'm here with Alexa K. Though she is a Catherine, not a Kristen. And she is a mindset coach. And we already had her on the podcast talking about confidence. But now we're going to talk about confidence in money, because I know that so many of you, maybe you are going through a divorce or there was a relationship or some other life challenge. And then it's like, oh, I have to reevaluate my relationship with money. And Alexa K is here to help us. Hey, Alexa, how are you? I am doing it so well. So happy to be here. Thank you for that lovely introduction. I love the Ks. All the Ks. Yep. So let's talk money. Why is money so scary for so many people, even people who have money? And I I do think that's an important thing to notice because I think we get in our head, oh, if I made six figures, I wouldn't be afraid of money anymore. But it sometimes it tends to linger a little longer than that, right? Well, I mean, it all comes down to the stories and the meaning that we've assigned to money. And so often we assign love, we assign our value as a human being to money. And so when we tangle up, it becomes like this little tangled web of money and all of these meanings and all of these stories then it gets really complicated. And we think on the surface level that we're talking about, you know, making a certain amount of money, but really what we're talking about a lot deeper is feeling worthy as an individual. Mm-hmm. Or feeling safe as an individual or feeling valuable, feeling like maybe our parents will respect us at that point or exactly. people will listen to us, right? Exactly, exactly. And when you can learn to cultivate those feelings from within, then money becomes a lot less scary. And it becomes, I don't want to say a lot less important, right? Because it it is the currency of how we exist. So it's still important, but it's just, it has less of a weight than it does mm-hmm. when it's intertwined with all of that. So it becomes an energy rather than an emotion. Oh, 100%. I love the way that you just put that. Money is energy, right? And when we spend it, we receive it. It's just an energy exchange, but it becomes Mm -hmm. so much heavier. Like you said, it becomes an emotion. What are the pitfalls of of money being an emotion? Well, (laughs) when money becomes an emotion, now you're spending from an emotional place. You're not spending from an irrational place. You're not spending from an authentic place. And when we don't receive it, it becomes an emotion. It becomes so much heavier. It's not just like this very practical, like we said, energy exchange. It has so much more meaning to it. Yeah. And it's always interesting. I had a conversation with my grandmother who grew up so different, right? So she grew up on like a farm with like 11 brothers and sisters or something. And they were like, gathering the eggs from the chickens. And now, you know, she's lived this whole life. And I think their generation is so interesting because money is so different. Like they Mm -hmm. grew up being thankful to survive. And now we can really use our money to thrive. But it's fascinating on what people choose to spend their money on. And they actually asked me about Starbucks. And my mother, my grandmother said, do you buy Starbucks? And I said, no. And they said, well, do you spend, you know, everyone in your generation spends a bunch of money on Starbucks. And 
what I didn't get into is I, it's like, well, I don't really drink coffee. I drink like smart coffee, which is like mushrooms ground up in collagen. You know, it's so much more complicated than just a black cup of coffee. It's like my mind boost in the morning and all these healthy <laughs> things that my 80 something grandmother probably did not want to hear about, yeah. you know, but it is fascinating. Like what we choose to spend our money on. Uh, have you seen any patterns in that? Definitely. And one of the biggest patterns that I see is people spending money as a way to numb out and suppress Mm -hmm. feeling their emotions and almost as like a distraction from feeling anything that they're feeling. And it allows them to just like keep being on this chase, right? So there's like this chase to keep working harder and working harder to make more money so that I can go do this and go do that. And it's like this endless doing that is really just distracting us from ourselves and distracting us from feeling any of our emotions. Right. And so there's a huge spending pattern in order to numb out and suppress. And it's fascinating too, that, I mean, there's nothing wrong with getting a cup of coffee that that's not the conversation I'm having, you know, but the, it's like, Oh, I deserve this. And it's, I do the same thing, but obviously I'm a coach. So I do a lot of investing in myself as far as I'm going through a energy exchange program right now and a um, stress reset. It's the time we're filming this, we're on year two of COVID. So we can all deal with a stress reset at this point. And several personal things happened, good and bad this year, but had a lot of cortisol attached to them. A lot of me needing to be in fight and flight to survive the last year that are no longer an issue. Mm -hmm. I do not need to be in fight and flight anymore. And I need to be self-aware enough to recognize that like I deserve my body to not be in a stress response anymore versus I deserve a cup of coffee. But we give ourselves permission to buy the coffee and not to buy a program that'll change our lives. Um, the stress response thing, it's $100 or something. It's like $100 to not continue on with stress for the next two years and like develop health issues. Like that's a no brainer. Exactly. Yeah. I really, I love asking people, how much do you value your happiness? Like put Mm -hmm. a number on that. How much do you value it? You can't, you can't put a number on it, right? It's invaluable, but Yet we get approached with something that's like, we'll just say a hundred dollars that's going to help you get to that place. And we back away because no one mm-hmm. else is spending money on that. And we're like, what if it doesn't work? And we don't feel worthy of that happiness. And so we back away and we say things like, I can't afford it. It's not the right time, whatever we, whatever it may be. But the reality is it has nothing to do with that and has everything to do with a lack of worthiness and fear and things like that. And I also just, I loved what you were touching on with kind of like that addiction to certain emotional states, like being stressed out and using money as like a means to keep us in that addiction. Mm-hmm. So important. we'll keep us in the addiction two ways. So we can use it to uh, retail therapy, right? But then we self-sabotage our bank account and then we have to work and worry more. Yeah. So it creates this stress cycle in our life that keeps us stuck in that addiction. Yeah. And we don't even realize we're doing it. And in Mm -hmm. a way, like at a subconscious level, it's like, we like it. We want to be stressed out and we blame everything around us, but we actually are the ones that are keeping ourselves there. I was talking to someone this morning who she was like, you know, and I'm going through a move and I'm getting a new job and I'm this and I'm that. And 
that's just the way life is. And I know it's going to be, it's just an overwhelming time right now. And, you know, I'm not able to do anything for myself right now. And I'm like, you're literally keeping yourself stuck in that place. It doesn't have to be an overwhelming time right now. Everything can be chaotic around you and you can still be calm. But when you allow yourself to create that stress constantly around you, that's exactly the place you're going to be in. And we have these emotional addictions to places of stress. Which is exactly what I'm trying to get honest with in my own life right now. There were several things that were out of my control, as any of us have experienced during COVID, but there were some personal things too that were out of my control. And I needed, I think my body was doing the right thing, getting me in fight and flight. It, it, there were, you know, a tiger jumping out of the woods that I needed more energy to address, but the tiger is gone. And now I don't want to be addicted to looking for tigers, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> I need to get back to there. There are no tigers right now. How lovely that I'm in a season of life where there are no tigers. How lovely, you know, and if we don't reset that stress response and it's here's a tiger, here's a tiger, here's a tiger, here's a tiger, which does terrible things to our health, terrible things to our wealth, terrible things to our relationships, both with ourselves and with others. But it's almost the American norm. And maybe it's the world norm, too. I have clients, not just in America, um, but, but it's definitely the American norm. It's 100% the American norm. And like a lot of the work that I do is just teaching people that suffering doesn't have to be your normal. Like mm-hmm. We just equate adulting with suffering. Like adulting equals stressed out and anxious. That doesn't have to be the case. It really doesn't. But that is what we've created the norm in. When you look around you and that's what everyone else is experiencing, you're like, well, that's just life. And I'm like, well, I'm here to tell you that that doesn't have to be life. (laughs) If you're a book nerd like me and heart all the books, then don't forget to check out Becoming Toxic Person Proof. Clear the confusion and learn to trust yourself. You'll be able to recognize it on Amazon or wherever books are sold by the big red flag on the front cover, the red flags that we ignored and the red flags we don't want to ignore in the future. So check out the book, Becoming Toxic Person Proof, and don't forget to leave a review so other people can know this information is the right information for them. I heard Glennon, um, Glennon, it used to be Glennon Doyle Melton, Glennon Melton now. I want to make sure I got her name right. She has uh, one of the number one podcasts right now. And she talked about anxiety as a lifestyle. And just that phrasing was so clear because I started looking at my friends and I said, they're living anxiety as a lifestyle. They're living anxiety as a lifestyle. They're living anxiety as a lifestyle. And then I turned on myself and I went, my last year, there was a lot of anxiety as a lifestyle that maybe I didn't need that energy at this time, but I do not need that energy forever. And I do not want to live in anxiety as a lifestyle. I don't want to parent from that place. I don't want to partner from that place with my husband. I don't want to deal with my clients from that place and life from that place. Right. Exactly. And like looking at also how we're using money to keep us in that place of anxiety as a lifestyle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. rather than using money to get us out of anxiety. And 
this program happened to be a hundred dollars and I've also spent $10,000 on programs with no regrets. <laughs> you know, there, there's quite, never quite any regrets. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I've never, it's kind of like yoga. Every time I finish yoga, I think, man, I'm happy I did that versus that was a waste of my hour. And every time I have used money as an energy to get to my next level of life, rather than distracting myself from this version of my life. I've never regretted that either. I love that so much. Someone pointed out to me a while back and just like really opened my mind. I was talking to her about how I had $100,000 of student loans the first time I invested in a group coaching program. That was, I don't remember, something like $3,000 and how that was so scary to me. I was so terrified. I'm like, what am I doing? And then I really thought about like, think about how many people across this country in this world are spending thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on an education. Mm-hmm. But the second that like we graduate and it comes to investing in our own selves and our own personal development, we're like, whoa, can't do that. And it's, it's baffling, right? It's crazy. And you learn so much more about yourself and just about how to handle life in a more effective way through investing in coaching programs or therapists or whatever help that you need. Well, I had someone on my podcast who is a professor at MIT. And the, yeah, I'll have to give you his name after. I can't remember his name right now. That's a, it's weird, all the MIT people that I interact with. It's always <laughs> something I pay attention to. And the, he talked about what skills people need to be successful in life. And it's that emotional EQ. It's the social IQ, right? And I heard on a statistic recently, I think it was Amy Marin. No, no, it was in a a parenting book I'm reading right now. And kids are graduating from high school and they say 90% of them say they were academically prepared for college. And 70% of them say they were not emotionally prepared for college. They did not have the emotional skills to make that successful. They had the academic skills, but they didn't have the emotional skills. Then I talked to an MIT professor and he said the same thing about the workplace. And I talked to people in the corporate world or whatever. And it's the emotional, social skills, those soft skills that are so missing from people's lives now. And what I think is super interesting too is If you want to do better for your children, which I think money is a big role in that, like we want to make more money for our children. If you want to do better for your children as a human, like invest in your emotional skills. You are going to show up 10 times more powerfully as a parent when you do so than burning yourself out to make more money, to spend more money on that cool vacation that you can take pictures of and send to all your friends. Mm -hmm. I have had a lot of clients through the last several years. I have never heard anyone say, I'm really having some struggles. My mother was confident. Uh, She was really emotionally stable. She had a good network of people around her. You know, she really invested in her friendships and had people invest in her. She was around people who talked to her with respect and who treated her with respect. She treated me with respect. Uh, She, you know, she, she exercised and, meditated and did some of these things. So she never lost her patience with me. I'm just really upset. My mother didn't scream at me more because she was so tired and exhausted. Like I've never heard anyone say these things, but then there's this whole, like being a good parent means being exhausted. 
but I've never heard a kid say, my mother was present and she showed up for me. She was, she emotionally had something left over so that she could show up for me. And I'm really, it's really been difficult on me. I, you know, I just, I'm struggling with all her emotional health. You know, I've just (laughs) never heard anyone say that. Maybe you've had a client say that, but I've never, not yet. Haven't come across one yet. (laughs) But that's part of why I teach why taking care of yourself is such a selfless act. Mm-hmm. And like investing in yourself, money, investing in yourself, time is so selfless. And we think that it's selfish, but really it just allows you to show up so much more powerfully for everyone in your life. And that's not just in terms of having calm, but like in the workplace, you can have more creative ideas. Mm-hmm. You have extra energy to give back to community service. When you spend time with your family, you're looking them in the eyes and you are so present with them. You're not in your head thinking about the 800 to-dos you have to do. So really learning how to take care of yourself is a very, very selfless act. And it's so brave, you know, it, we are addicted to the grind and if I'm sitting with a group of mothers, it's very, or a group of employees. Okay. So it's very common practice to talk about how tired you are. Oh, I did this with my kids. I did this with my kids. I did this with work. I did this with, you know, staying after for my boss. I did this. I'm just so tired. And we go, Oh, good for you. You're so tired, but we don't. Right. Then the next person says how tired they are. And it's almost this like fight over who gets to be the most tired, who has the best reason to be the most tired. And it's like, you take a step back from that. I imagine like an alien coming in and saying like, these people are all the time. They all have 24 hours in a day. It's a complete even playing ground. It's the one even playing ground we all have. We all have 24 hours in a day. And they brag about how tired they are and then compete against how tired they are when they have the choice to not be tired. (laughs) Burning yourself out is not a badge of honor. We have to stop trying to one-up each other in terms of whose life is worse. It's not a badge of honor. It's just not. We really have Mm -hmm. to release the need to do that. Like, Mm -hmm. let's make it cool to take care of yourself. (laughs) Let's make Mm -hmm. it cool to sleep eight hours and to be happy and to love your life. Yeah, absolutely. And to manage those pieces of your mind and money well. And I also not heard people say, um, (laughs) you know, I I make a joke because they call me the success fairy sometimes because clients go through with me and then they, you know, they're making more money, but it's like, but you're not a money coach. What's happening? And it's like, okay, who makes their best money sad, depressed, anxious, upset about some toxic person in their life? Like no one says that's the starting point for a great career. Exactly. And when we take care of our inner worlds, everything outside of us falls into place. But we're so focused on those things outside of us. And we're so focused on making more money and doing more that we miss out on the fact that like when you actually just take care of yourself and feel good internally, everything outside of you falls into place. I love what you're saying that I can't remember the success Call oh, the success fairy. Yeah, success they call fairy. me the success fairy. I love, that. <laughs> I love that. It's so true, though, right? Like, all of a sudden, your romantic relationships are better, your friendships are better, and work you're doing better. Everything gets better when you show up better. 
Mm-hmm. And you said something really important. You talked about the creative energy and like being able to tap into your, if you are in survival mode, you can't tap into that creative energy and that creative response. And the more you can tap into that, the better problem solver you are for work problems, life problems, dating problems, money problems, whatever it is, <laughs> whatever it is. Right. Yeah. And all of a sudden you also really just tying it back to money. You st- Stop spending money on things that don't matter, that you don't actually need. And you end up saving money in the long term. Saving money and making more money usually, because when you're tapping into that place, people are saying, wow, you're able to expand and handle a promotion now. You're able to take on more income. It just is. If you're already burned out, then no, you can't. (laughs) Then no. (laughs) The answer is no. Right, right. So check her out at Alexa K Mart on Instagram or Alexa K Martin.com on her website. And I didn't ask you this on the last podcast because I knew we were doing a, a double duty, but I usually ask people this question. So if you had one minute where your voice got to be broadcasted to the whole world and you could say, Oh, I just wish everybody knew this, what would you say? Wow. I wish I, you know what I wish? This isn't what I would broadcast the world, that I knew this question ahead of time. (laughs) It's not as fun. It's not as fun. You put your hand on your heart and ask Alexa, what would it be? (laughs) What do you want? (laughs) No, really. I think that just learning how to love yourself and have self-compassion is the most important thing that you can do. It's so easy to listen to all these self-help and personal development podcasts and books and just start to beat yourself up about not doing those things either. But the first step in any sort of change, the first step in living a life you love is just learning how to love yourself and know that you are exactly where you're supposed to be. You are doing the best you can and you've showed up here. So you're making that best even better. Guys, check her out at alexakmartin.com. And Alexa, thank you for coming here and helping us on our journey to becoming toxic person proof. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I know that there was something that you can take away to help you get past the past, get real about the present, or get serious about your future. And if I did my job, then hopefully it will help you with all three. If you are not in my Facebook group, Finding Love and Success After a Toxic Relationship, then consider this your personal invitation from me. I'm there live. There's tons of support and most importantly, tons more information to help you on your journey to become toxic person proof.